I'm about to share my three favorite Smart HUD exploits by telling you exactly what to look for with three perfect example hands. But hey, if you're a live player or you don't use a HUD, do not turn the podcast off, right? Because for each of these HUD signs that I'm going to discuss, the actual percentages, I'm going to translate into real world tendencies that live and non-HUD players can use to find perfect exploits to win you more pots. It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. All right, so I'm going to help you become more profitable with the Smart HUD 4 Poker Tracker 4. And like I said at the very beginning, for all you non-HUD and live players, you still have to listen. Because here's the thing. Any strategy that you can learn about and use uh, utilizing a HUD, you can do that same thing in game, in a live game, in a non-HUD game, as long as you're paying attention to your opponent's tendencies. So we're going to get into all that in just a little bit. But first, excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) Yepers, make sure you whip out that journal and start taking notes because the stuff I'm going to discuss, you're going to absolutely want to start employing today in your games. To help you take notes and to learn these strategies a bit more, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod363. I have a video there today of me going through visually the three hand examples that we're going to cover in the podcast right here. There's also a really good infographic, which I call See This, Do This. The three exploits I'm about to cover, I show you really quickly in the infographic. When you see these things, either in a HUD or you see their tendencies play out live, you do this play over here. Really easy to understand these three exploits with that infographic. And of course, you can download it, save it to your computer, even print it out if you don't mind using the ink. Alrighty, without further ado, let's ado this. Gambate! Everybody just stay calm. I can handle this, no problem. I know how to deal. License and registration, please. What seems to be the officer problem? All right, so I got three of my favorite Smart HUD exploits to give you today. Now, each of these exploits, they utilize a very important HUD maxim or a HUD rule. Here it is. The best HUD exploits are at the extremes and at huge tendency changes. And make sure you write that down on a sticky note, attach it to your computer so you can keep that in mind as you're playing your next sessions. Now, here's an easy example of um, uh, of that HUD maxim I just gave you, right? You're playing online. Fantastic Bob. His 3-bet is 3% in every position. But maybe it jumps up to 12% on the button. This means that you know Bob loves to 3-bet bluff on the button, right? He uses that ultimate position against the open razors. So here are two simple exploits you can use against him. The first is a chip-earning exploit by 4-bet bluffing versus his button 3-bets. You know, that spot where he does most of his 3-bet bluffs. Now, the second exploit is a folding exploit. This is where you're going to fold versus most of his 3-bets from other positions. Because at 3%, he's a really value-oriented 3-better. So, the three example hands today, I'm going to discuss them on the podcast right here, auditorially. 
Is that the right word? <laughs> Through audio for you. But then once again, if you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod363, you can watch a YouTube video embedded there where I go through and you can visually see all the actions of the hand. So my first favorite Smart HUD exploit is 3-bet bluffing with anything playable at the right time. For all you online players who use the Smart HUD, here's the signs to look for. You're going to want to look for a 20% or greater raise-first-in statistic and a 2-bet then fold to 3-bet at 60% or greater. And this is best when it's in their open raising position. So if somebody open raises from the MP and these numbers are there, bam, perfect person to 3-bet bluff against. Now, let me translate all that for you non-HUD players, right? You're looking for players who open raise a lot from their position, but they're capable of folding to 3-bets. So maybe you were the three better, maybe somebody else, it doesn't matter. But you've seen them at least once, maybe two or three times, open and then fold versus a three bet in roughly that same position. Now here's an additional tip to help you out before you pull a three bet bluff. It really helps if you know your opponent folds on the flop a lot. Because just in case they call, you have an easy way to bluff them on the very next street. Now the sample hand that I found for this was 9-8 suited. I was dealt this hand in the cutoff, and looking at my HUD, it's the 12th hand at the table. Um, the loose aggressive villain, he is in the MP. He open raises to 2.8 big blinds. Now, if we look at his HUD stats, once again, go to the show notes page to see a screenshot or watch the video, right? His race first in is 36%, and his 2-bet then fold to 3-bet is 88%, right? So for you live players, this means he raises a ton, but folds to 3-bets a ton as well. He's a prime target for 3-bet bluffing, right? I would be a fool to not 3-bet bluff this guy. So he made it 2.8. I come in with a very simple, remember, I just had 9-8 suited in the cutoff. I make it 9 big blinds. And notice how it's not exactly 3 times his bet, like 8.4, right? I make it nine big blinds to just really sell the idea that, hey, I'm serious right here with my three bet. This is a value three bet. And the end result, he ended up folding his MP open raise. And now because he folded, I want a simple 4.2 big blinds with this super easy to spot exploit. Now, just imagine if you could do this or if I did this once every hundred hands, I'm going to jump my win rate up by 4.2 big blinds every hundred hands. What a great play to be making. Now, when you 3-bet bluff a guy like this, uh, or any player, right, 3-bet bluffing is so much better in position because it just makes it more likely your bet's going to succeed because they realize, oh, crap, if I call this guy, flop, turn, river, I'm going to be out of position right here. Um, So it's going to deter them from calling as often. Um, Whereas if you're 3-betting, and especially if he's a loose, aggressive player, if you're 3-betting from the blinds, these players like to call. They want to bet as soon as you check post-flop, right? So use that position against you. And it's always good. If you're thinking about potentially playing a 3-bet pot, it's really good if both players have full stacks, 100 big blinds or more, because you want that room to maneuver post-flop in case he calls and in case you don't hit the flop. You have to have stacks big enough so he's not committed so you can push him off flop or turn. And lastly, I told you I had 9-8 suited, right? The reason we want a playable hand like this is because he just might call and we're going to end up seeing a flop. It is so much better to see a flop with a 9-8 suited than hands like ace-6 offsuit or king-9 offsuit or jack-7 suited. For sure, 9-8 suited is so much more preferable. It hits top pairs, two pairs, and uh, straights 
or straight draws or flush draws way more than those other hands. All right, so exploit number two, double barrel bluffing at the right time. Now, this is a great one to do, especially with the smart HUD, because those numbers are right there for you. You smart HUD users, you're looking for a big increase in the player's fold to C-bet from the flop to the turn. For example, like from 33% on the flop to 67% on the turn. Now, for you non-HUD players, let me translate that into what you're looking for when you're playing live or without the HUD, right? You're looking for a player who does not fold on the flop, maybe because they think you're bluffing and they're just an unbelieving player on flops. But as soon as you double barrel and bet the turn, they fold. They think you mean business. They are a turn honest player. Those are the players that you're looking for. Now, the example hand, which you can watch in the show notes page, right, is 7-6 suited. And once again, I'm in the cutoff. Now, looking at a hand breakdown here, this is our 17th hand, and we are looking really nitty as a 7-7 player. So we've played 7% of hands, raised 7% of hands. So we open in the cutoff with 7-6 suited. A loose aggressive villain calls on the button. He's calling us with position. Now, his three bet is 7% total. So with such a big three bet, he probably doesn't have pocket tens or better, probably not ace king, and not even ace queen, because this kind of player would have probably three bet all of those hands. So he's weaker than tens and weaker than ace queen. Looking at his post-flop stats, his fold to flop c-bet is 33%, and his fold to turn is 67%. So for you live players, right, he doesn't fold on the flop, but he folds on the turn. Our plan is has to be to double barrel bluff this guy. If we bet the flop and do not bet the turn against somebody who folds on turns, that is a humongo mistake. So what happened pre-flop? I open raise seven six suited. Villain calls on the button. The blinds fold. The flop comes down nine nine five, giving me a gut shot, right? So it's a gut shot uh, plus a backdoor flush draw. There's two. There's one spade on the board. I have two. Uh, we see bet four big blinds into the 7.4 big blind pot and villain just calls as expected, right? We already know he's not uh, going to fold on flop. So we expected his card, uh, his call. The turn comes an offsuit king. So the board is 995 king. We didn't pick up a flush draw, but we know that he's turn honest. He folds on the turn. So what do we do? You guessed it. We double barrel 10 big blinds into the 15.4 big blind pot, and we end up taking it down. So this really good double barrel bluffing play, which even pre-flop, it looked like it was going to work, right? Super easy play to make. It netted us 8.4 big blinds. And again, if we did this once every 100 hands, our win rate's going to jump up by 8.4. If we did this once every 200 hands, our win rate's going to jump up by 4.2. Pretty good outcome, right? Now, the key to double barrel bluffing, or basically any kind of bluffing post-flop, is finding the street that your opponent is just the most honest on, and you have to be willing to bet on that street. Now, I want you to go to the show notes page, and this exploit number two, you'll see a screenshot of the hand right there. Take a look at his stats. An interesting thing to note about his stats is his fold to riverbed is 18%. That's a huge decrease After folding on the turn, 67%. What this means, and for all of you live players, listen up right here, because I just gave you some numbers, but let's translate into real-world non-HUD exploits, right? This player totally makes his mind about the rest of the hand 
on the turn. He folds so much on the turn, that's where he decides. If he calls on the turn, he gets to the river, he is not going to fold. He's already determined that he's ahead of you with his top pair, with his weak two pair, with his set, whatever it might be. So you have to double barrel bluff him on the turn, but do not pull the trigger on a third bluff. But let's say in this hand right here, 995 king, right? I had the 6-7. What if an 8 comes on the river, giving me a straight? Holy cow, I just hit a straight. Sure, it's a paired board, but he hasn't shown any signs. He didn't raise it any time uh, on the flop or turn. He hasn't shown me that he likes his hand with trips or a full house. My hand is probably best. I am go for river value because, like I said, he only folds 18% of the time. Alrighty, so the third favorite exploit for the smart HUD that I have is floating on the turn. Now, colloquially, all you live players and people who've played for poker for a long time, float probably means something different to you than it does to a poker tracker for a user like me. A float bet is betting when in position when the c-better fails to c-bet. And so floating on the turn basically means you called preflop. You called the c-bet on the flop with position. He checks the turn. You fire. That's the float. So the HUD signs to look for to know that you can float the turn and win the pot from a player, you're looking for an aggressive raiser preflop. So raise first in is 20% or greater. Maybe three bet is 7% or even greater. You also want to look for a high flop c-bet at 70% or more. That just means he bluffs a lot. And a low turn c-bet at less than 40% means he's honest on the turn. So let's break all that down for you HUD. I'm sorry, for you non-HUD and live players. You're looking for a player who raises a lot pre-flop. C-bets the flop a lot, but fails to c-bet again on the turn. These players get to the flop with a wide and weak range. They miss the flop, but of course they're going to bluff because it's the flop and you might fold. Then they give up on the turn by checking to you. Now the example hand, and you can see a screenshot of it in the show notes, king-queen offsuit after I called a weak three-bet preflop. So here's the action. Um, we're, we are a tight aggressive player. We are a 14-12 over 78 hand. So... We open raise this hand to three big blinds in the cutoff with king-queen offsuit. The button folds. A maniac small blind player, and by maniac, he's like a 59-22. Um, no, I'm sorry, a 51-23. I'm looking at the screenshot right now. This maniac player calls in the small blind. But then another maniac, he's the 59-22 player. He makes a min three bet to just five big blinds, right? So what do we end up doing? Uh, well, we end up calling because it's only two big blinds more. But before we call, we always want to think about our opponent's tendencies and take a look at uh, his post-flop stats. Before we call the additional two big blinds, we see that his flop c-bet, it's at 80%, but it drops drastically to 33% on the turn. We have found a one-and-done c-better. So before we call pre-flop his three-bet, we have a plan of exploiting him by calling him on the flop. Remember, we're in position, calling him on the flop, and then firing when he checks the turn. So we call, the small blind calls as well. Pot ends up being, oh, exactly 15 big blinds, five big blinds from the two blinds and from me, the open raiser. The flop comes ace-jack-seven. Remember, we have king-queen offsuit, so we got the gut shot. The small blind checks, and the big blind three better. Oh, let me ask you a question. He bets four big blinds into the 15 big blind pot. 
what do you make of this bet? What is he telling us he has? Exactly. Weakness, right? This dude three bet preflop. If he had ace-king, guarantee he would have been betting bigger for value on the ace-high board right there. Four big blinds into 15 equals total weakness. Now, I could raise right now, but this guy's demonstrated in the past so much turn honesty. I'd rather call, just keep that pot small. Let's see what he does on the turn. If he checks, bam, I'm floating and taking this down. So we call and the small blind ends up folding, which is great, right? It's now just heads up and we can employ our floating on the turn plan if he checks. Now, the turn card comes in eight of diamonds. So the final board, not the, well, it is the final board because the hand ends on the turn. But the final board right here is jack, seven, ace, eight, rainbow. No worries about flushes or anything, right? As expected, villain checks. Sweet. So we fire 13.5 big blinds into the 23 big blind pot and he folds. It's a lovely result. Our plan worked. Our float worked. He folded. Now, if we think about the sizing, 13.5 into 23, I wanted to really sell the idea that I had an ace that I'm going for max value. But I think given his weakness and his uh, tendencies and that eight on the turn, I really think he was folding to less. So I think I sized my bluff float just a little big. I bet you 11, maybe 11.5, like exactly half pot would have been just fine. So maybe I risked a two big blinds extra with this bluff. But hey, it worked and the play netted us a profit of 14 big blinds. Now here's the big takeaway from this hand. When you find a player like this, it is your job to call them pre-flop when you have position and a playable hand. Then you have to call them on the flop in order to bet when they check the turn. Unless that flop bet is an obvious sign of strength, right? They bet three quarter pot, full pot on, I don't know, ace-king-queen board. Holy cow, that might be a different story, right? Then you might want to consider just folding because he's showing so much strength. But when that first flop bet shows weakness, you know he's a turn-honest player. Take advantage of him and float the turn. So if you like these post-flop plays and you want to learn so many more post-flop plays you can do with a HUD and without a HUD, you have to listen to my Audible audiobook, post-flop online poker. It's available right there, along with all of my other books, How to Study Poker Volume 1, 2, Pre-Flop Online Poker, Post-Flop Online Poker. But I gave you so many post-flop plays in this book, you're really going to love it. You're going to get your money's worth right away. Oh, speaking of money's worth, right? You can get a free version just by signing up for a 30-day trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. Choose Post-Flop Online Poker as your very first free book. You're not even paying for it. As soon as you start listening to it, you're going to be learning strategies to exploit your opponents. Bam, you use those online, start making money from this free offer. Once again, audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. And before we get to the challenge, a real quick shout out. Given that today's episode is about the smart HUD, I have to thank Terry Clan, Ryhawk Switch, Brian Gartman, Cedric Ponchi, Hunter and Derek Hansen for picking up the Smart HUD directly from me. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. They know that this is the best HUD in the business. They picked it up, imported it into Poker Tracker 4, and now they're using it to clobber their opponents. Thanks, guys. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod363 and download that infographic. Once again, it's called See This, Do This. Get that from that show notes page. And then over your next five sessions, 
look for players to exploit with the three plays and pull the trigger every time you find one of these players. And once again, it doesn't matter if you use a HUD or you don't use a HUD or you play live. When you spot these tendencies, you pull the trigger on the exploits. Forcing yourself over and over to notice and make these exploits, it's going to ingrain these strategies into your skill set. And this is going to earn you more chips and more pots, and it's going to make poker more enjoyable. Now it's your turn to take action and shabba-dabba-doo something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod363 for a transcript of the episode, the infographic, the video, all that jazz, the link to get the smart HUD. Everything is right there for you on that page. And can you believe it? We're in November. We only have two months left to 2021, but you still have this opportunity to make 2021 your best online poker year ever join thepokerforge.com right meow. I am going to help you become the player that you want to be with my nine masterclass courses, hundreds of action steps, quizzes, demonstration videos. There's so much there that's going to turn you, like I said, into the player that you want to be. So visit thepokerforge.com for more information and to sign up today. You are going to love being a member of thepokerforge.com. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be. 